said amen and worship our God for who he is. Uh, let us turn to him and pray. Mighty God, we bless your holy name. For you are exalted high above the heavens and the earth. There is none like you. Father, your love is amazing. Your mercy is everlasting. Your grace is sufficient. There is not a God like you. So, Father, we just thank you, God, for your love, your grace, your mercy expressed to us in all aspects, Lord, of our lives. Father, as we stand here, God, we realize we need more of you. Father, there's so much hatred. There's so much pain. Father, help us to be your agents, to see transformation happen, Lord, in our homes, in our schools, in our community. That your love will win out because your love never fails. So, Father, transform us from the inside that we be more like you. Oh, Father, that we might see the healing we want to see. We'll see families coming back together, Lord, prodigals returning home, seeing healing move, Almighty God. So, Father, we know you are able, so we're just trusting in you. And so help us, oh God, as we walk in obedience according to your will. We, we thank you, God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, we thank you, God, that you are present help in the time of trouble. Uh, we thank you, God, that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Father, we call on you right now, uh, Father, to do your will. And may we walk in submission and obedience. In Jesus Christ and Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we continue to worship our God, we prepare now to worship through the reading of the scripture. As we are concluding our series dealing on love, we're going to look at Exodus 19 chapter. Our subject matter, we're going to talk about how love endures. In the Old Testament, we have Genesis, then Exodus will be in the 19th chapter. We're going to read, lift up. To our, in our hearing verses 1 uh, through 6, uh, but in the time of preaching, we'll exegete those verses 4 uh, through 6. But for our context, we'd like us to look at Exodus 19 chapter, verses 1 uh, through 6. Those who are able to stand and honor the reading of God's word, you are welcome to do so. Still hear some pages turning. We're in Exodus 19 chapter. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, verses 1 through 6. Praise God for his word. Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will, obey me and keep my covenant. You will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Praise God for his word. Amen. You may be seated as we continue on worshiping our God through music. Amen.
love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. The Savior of our life. All by his grace and his mercy. God showed towards us how much he loves us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for your love. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Father, we are desperate to hear a word from you. Speak now, Lord, your servants are listening. Uh, Father, that we might have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. And through this vessel, Lord, that your word will be preached, that we might see Jesus. Help us, O God, to walk humbly before you and continue to seek after your face. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that sustains us all through your love. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Knowing that God's love, amen, and his faithful love, his unfailing love towards us is what brings us confidence. This kind of love can help us to endure difficult situations, things that might come, you know, unannounced in our lives. But, but by God's love and mercy, we can make it through. God's love cannot be defeated. And thank God it will never run out. His love is able to take us through many diverse trials and tribulations. And also we found out how his perfect love casts out all fear. And so therefore, no matter our pain and our issues and our sin sickness that we're dealing with our lives, it cannot defeat the promises of our God. God's love should move us and motivate us to keep on keeping on. Walking in God's love will bring us to the place of hope and promise he has for us. We will be his holy people by walking in his love and fulfilling what he's called us to do. What I want to highlight as we look in our text today, God is preparing his people whom he loves for what they're going to do. God is preparing Moses to lead Israel into a covenant with their God prior to them entering a land flowing with milk and honey. And when we look at this text, I'm going to read again and just lift up verses 4 through 6, looking at this metaphor of how God expresses his love for his people. You have your Bible, you still with me there in Exodus? The 19th chapter, I'm just going to lift up verses 4 through 6. And listen to the metaphor that God used to express how he loves his people. The word of God reads, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth, for all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Praise God for his word. Thank you for those able to stand the reading of God's word. This text shows us that God is seeking to bless the people of Israel with vineyards that they did not plant, with grounds they have not tilled, and land that they did not earn with a blessing of flowing with milk and honey. What we read that God is reminding them what he has done for them already. God is preparing to establish this covenant with his people. But yet I want to highlight here again, God took the time to remind them what he has done for them. Can I take a moment now for you to think about what God has done for you? If you start thinking about how God has carried you. How God has blessed you. Notice what he says, how I carried you like an eagle on her wings. 
I, I brought you out of Egypt. It was I that took you out of captivity and punishment and peril. And I'm leading you into the promise. And here it is that God is preparing them for the blessing. They, they're not aware about what they're going to get. What I get excited about when I think about how good our God is, that he's going to pour us out a blessing we won't have room for. <laughs> What you mean won't have room? Means that he will bless us over and over and over because our God never runs out. Mm. And so we're seeing here that God is telling them in advance what he's going to do for them. And he already knows that y'all going to mess up. Y'all won't have it all together. You're going to test me. You're going to try me. But I am willing to make this covenant with you. Exodus 19 expresses how the Lord is preparing Israel to enter this covenant. Israel, known as Jacob, right, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel who he rescued from Egypt and captivity. And where we are here in this 19th chapter, we can see how what it means, what we talked about earlier, how if God is for us, who dare be against us. And when we think about God being for us, we think about how God is for us even when we messed up. Aren't you glad about God's grace? Matter of fact, we sing that song, what? Amazing grace. That saved a what? Wretch like me. May I remind you the definition of a wretch? The word wretch is defined as an unfortunate or unhappy, miserable person or in great misfortune base, despicable, or vile person. I don't know about you, but that's too many words to read in that song. So I will simply just keep on saying wretch. Because <laughs> this word expressed where I would be if it wasn't for his amazing grace and his love expressed in our lives. So I thank God for his amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. And when I think about how he saved a wretch like me, look what he brought Egypt, uh, he brought Egypt under the point of these ten plagues to, re- to save Israel. Israel were slaves and they were punished. Why they said they had to make brick without straw and it was double the punishment. And here it is that God put ten plagues upon them. The plague of blood, frogs, lights, flies, cattle, boils and blames, hail, locusts and darkness. And the last one, death. Of the firstborn. And through all those plagues, God sustained them. One of the highlight ones I like is when it was a time of darkness. All power was out, all lights were out. So think about how we have power grids now. But then, for example, all they had was light. They say He gave them darkness, but it was light in the Israel camp. Y'all, y'all follow that? So that's sort of like how the grid will go out, but your house still got power, but your neighbor's in darkness. And they look at that, well, why you got light? Well, that's where it lets you know, because I serve the God of light. Y'all, y'all don't hear me. Here it is. God will set them up. I'm going to let you know how special you are. How you are my treasure. You are my special people. By how I'm going to sustain you. And the covenant that I've made with, with uh, Moses to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, all the way to Moses, that is this, that I will bring you out of captivity. This kind of love carries us through the hard times of life. You know how... He says, how I carried you what? On eagle's wings and brought you to myself. I want to highlight this metaphor about carried on eagle's wings. It suggests to us that how an eagle might be able to carry his, his life on, his uh, is, 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 is babies on their wings. But yet no one has ever seen this. But since no one ever seen this, here's how we see more as a metaphor showing how God is saying, no matter what's going on in your life, I'm going to carry you. I'm going to catch you. And the beautiful aspect of this metaphor is pointing out that how they know the eagles can fly over the wilderness, can fly over the desert. Where are they about to head into? The wilderness. And in a place of the wilderness, right, there's not a lot of vegetation. There's not a lot of life. There's not a lot of things to sustain. But God said, I'm going to sustain you. In this journey. Aren't you glad that no matter what you're going through, that God is able to sustain you? That's because his love endures. 
God carrying them expresses how he has a power to save, the power to protect, the power to redeem. The Lord brought them out from their plagues and delivered them from Egypt. Remember, they, before they crossed the Red Sea, Egypt came about them. The mountains were around them. The water was around them. The armies coming towards them. But God says, be still and watch your deliverance today. God brought them out. And because he brought them out, now he's preparing them to enter into this great covenant. You understand how a covenant works? God, when he establishes this covenant with his people, there must be a sacrifice. And that's why Jesus made it very clear there's no remissions of sins without the shedding of blood. And this covenant that he's preparing them, that they couldn't just accept this covenant. They had to prepare themselves. They had to become holy. They had to concentrate themselves. But notice again, God called Moses from Mount Sinai. He called him from the burning bush on Mount Sinai. And so when the text says that I carried you and delivered you from, from, from them and brought you to myself, he's also highlighting to the location to where Moses met the great I am. This is where you became in fellowship with me, Moses, and found out that I am who I said that I am. And I sent you to say, let my people go. And here it is that God expresses love in Exodus 4 chapter says, I heard their cry. And that's when he rose up Moses. And Moses went from being a basket case riding on the Nile to being raised in Pharaoh's house to being now a fugitive to come back with all power and might because God has his back to say, let my people go. And so they enter into this covenant, into this relationship now, into this presence where God expressed himself, where God showed himself. And also, too, I read earlier, right, God was speaking. They heard him. They heard him audibly. I want you to grasp that they heard him audibly, him telling them what he is going to do. Because that's further echo when he says, will you obey my command or will you obey my voice? Will you obey my message? But here I want to highlight again that God has carried them. He brought them. He's, el- he's illustrating through this metaphor how you could not have brought yourself to this position. But because of my love, I moved you here. This is showing us that you didn't do anything to earn my love. You didn't, you're not doing anything to keep my love. I am freely giving you my love. And so he's saying, you are my special people. He pointed out, though I have, it, I have the whole earth. But you are my special people. That's sort of how we tell some people when we love somebody, you're the apple of my eye. Right? When we let them know how important, how special they are. God is letting these people know you are my special possession that I carry for. He's pointing out to them that I'm willing to enter this covenant with you. And I'm going to endure no matter what we go through, through the good, through the bad, through the pains and the hardships. That we're going to go. But here's the other thing that God has pointed out that I know I'm going to keep my bar. I'm going to keep my side. But will you keep yours? And, and knowing that they're going to mess up, God has, is going to make provision for repentance and, and forgiveness and, and remission of sins in this covenant. But God is preparing them, let them know that this is not just something I'm, I'm going to give to you and let you just run all over the place. No, you need to be whole. For I am holy. You will be my holy nation, a royal priesthood, a kingdom, a royal kingdom. He's pointing out that there's going to be a response from this love. But yet, because of my love will never change, will never fail, will never lose out, you will still be my special possession. Tell your neighbor, you're special. When we know that God loves us and that we're special, think about how that's going to encourage somebody that's not feeling the best. That they're going through some hard times in their life. Things are not working out the way they would like them to work out. They're down on their luck. They feel like they are a wretch. But you can let them know that God's grace is it's bigger, it's better, it's stronger than anything that you're facing. God will carry you. God can lift you up and turn you around place your feet on solid ground. We love to sing to him, love lifted me. God can lift us up from where we are. When we can remind somebody about this love, notice how this love now encourages us and makes us feel better. This love can help cover and soothe pain and discomfort. This is the kind of love that God shows us that we ought to be able to show one to another. This covenant that God has with them is, is going to be endured and it's going to be sealed. And so we, we see how he used that metaphor. And then he says in verse 5, now if you will obey my command. And what? Keep 
my covenant. You will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. God is showing to them that what I'm going to do for you, you should show me your appreciation by loving me back, by just simply obeying my will. Obedience is going to lead to you being blessed. Obeying God's message, his voice, or his command. He's speaking to them. So he's basically saying, if you hear my words, will you do what I ask you to do? He's basically saying again, are you ready or prepared to obey the Lord as I'm asking you right now, preparing you for this covenant? This, this also is an echo and a reference with Joshua when they're about to enter into the promised land. In this moment, this time, they were ready to enter into the promised land. Uh, they are not being... Uh, rejected by God because they haven't rejected God. Remember what happens, that they didn't enter the promised land, check this out, not because they made a golden calf. God was still going to let them make it into the golden calf. But it's when they didn't re- believe the report of the 12 spots that it says y'all won't make it in to the promised land. The only ones that made it in were the two that believed the report. Caleb and his friend, they, they believed, uh, I'm sorry, Caleb and Joshua, they believed the report. And so they got in. They were the only ones that, that survived the 40 years and went in. So they went from Egypt into the promised land because they believed the report. But those that rejected the report missed out. So when I highlight here, the God is letting them know that I'm willing to enter into this covenant with you and get you in. But when they didn't believe the report, they lost out. I'm going to highlight this. That's why Joshua said to them when they're about to cross the Jordan River into Canaan, he says, don't fool me now. <laughs> Choose today whom you will serve. And Joshua said, let him know, I ain't waiting on y'all, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when Joshua made that clear to them, says, don't fool me now, y'all. I know y'all going to say it, but not do it. He let them know, don't, don't, don't lie to my face and try to fool God. God already knows that you're some stiff-necked people. Because Joshua saw it firsthand. I saw what they did the last time. So don't y'all repeat the sins of your forefathers. And so we see the same echo that God is always letting us know with sobering understanding that this covenant I'm about to make with you, don't take it lightly. Uh, don't, don't think that you don't reap what you sow, that God will be mocked. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. Those who sow in the flesh will reap of the flesh. Those who sow in the spirit will reap of the spirit. God is pointing out that if you love me, then you will receive the blessing of doing what I've asked you to do by obeying my command, by Walking in obedience according to my will, showing that you belong to me. That's a beautiful thing about how when we love people, how God the Father loves his children, he wants us to be his children. And oftentimes, some of you might have heard that traditional father speak, right? That's my name. <laughs> so when you get in trouble, it's not your name, that's my name in the paper. They're going to come out like, and it's going to be there. And I understood that as I got in trouble a lot, my dad's name kept on coming up. They're like, Sam. <laughs> I, I know your dad. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> so I mean, you gonna tell him what I did wrong, right? I understood that my father wanted me to be obey, obey, obey him outside of his sight. But when people saw me outside of his sight disobeying, they made sure I'm gonna let your daddy know. And so I said, I need to straighten up. <laughs> I only keep on getting in trouble every time I go home, finding out that everybody. The phone call came in. Sam, I heard what you did. Like, how y'all know what I did? How much more our heavenly father? that's watching us knows exactly what we're going through. But here's the, here's the thing about our God. His love does not decrease. His love does not fail. We cannot outsend God's grace, but yet we ought to sin less because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his unfailing love that endures. We will realize that we are called to do greater things. God calls us to love him with all our heart, with all our might, with all our strength. This kind of love is the responsibility that's going to make us his, his uh, royal priesthood, his kingdom of priests. Leviticus 11.45 says it this way, For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, that I might, what? Be your God. Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. I want to highlight, notice again the theme here. I am the one that brought you out. I'm the one like the like the eagle that carries you through. God is always reminding us, it was me that brought you out. So if it was me that brought you out, why are you going to act like I was not with you? 
Why are you going to act as if I can't back you up? I cannot protect. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. A lot of people quote those verses, but we don't live that verse because we got to live it. we got to show God, Lord, I trust you. We must show our love back to God in our acts of worship. Again, worship is not just the songs we sing. Worship is the life that we live. We can't give God lip service. We've got to give him life service. This is the kind of worship that shows our love towards him. This is where we show him through good or bad times. Same way as our God is our loving God. He's our number one fan, whether it be good weather or bad weather. We know it all the time. We have some fair weather fans. When things are good, we are with you. But God is with us through the good and the bad. This love, he shows us how great he is. And so when we think about this love that carries, I'm going to read it again. Verses 4 through 6 of the 19th chapter. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. So we remember he's reminding them the ten plagues and you walked on dry land uh, when I sparted the Red Sea to cross and Egypt was defeated. You never saw them again. And then he's telling them how in the wilderness I'm providing for you. Uh, no, they, they witnessed the manna. They witnessed the food coming to them. And then he goes, verse 5 says, now if you will, what? Obey me and keep my covenant. You will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of earth. For all the earth belongs to me. So God again is highlighting to them, you're about to be very unique and very special in this covenant we're about to enter. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give the people of Israel. As I conclude this message, I want to highlight how God loves endures enough that it can carry us when we can't carry ourselves. This came to my mind. Some of you might remember this in the 1992 Olympics. Uh, the sporting events, you oftentimes see people get injured and get hurt. And oftentimes they got to cart them off the field. Or they got to bring a stretcher. They got to bring in support to help them hobble off because they, they can't walk out on their own way. They need somebody to carry them and to lift them up and get them off the field. May I remind you and introduce to some about this man named Derek Redmond, a sprinter for Great Britain for the 400 meters in the 1992 Summer Olympic Games in Barcelona. Derek had the fastest time in the prelims and won his quarterfinal heat. Derek's looking good, working his way to win a medal in the Olympics. But in the semifinals, he starts off well in the race. But near the halfway mark, he grimaces in pain and grabs his right thigh. He crumbles into the ground in pain. He tore his hamstring. The rest of the sprinters moved on ahead. And there he is left writhing in pain, alone on the track. But Redmond stood up and began hopping on his left foot. Careful to remain in his lane, determined to finish the race. The crowd stood and cheered as Redmond limped slowly towards the finish line. But in the distance, then a figure emerged from alongside the track. Redmond's dad, Jim, who was dressed in dad fashion, wearing just do a hat and a Nike shirt with shirts and athletic socks. Y'all know the back of the day how them dads dressed. And he's waving off officials who tried to get him off the track. Jim ran, ran up to his son, putting an arm around his waist. And Derek turned and wept on his father's shoulder. Together, father and son walked the final meters of a race. Now long decided, now long over, but yet he completed. Notice how the father saw the son in pain. The father couldn't be still. And let his son ride in pain. Son realized that I started this race. I got to fend this race. Son says I got to stay in the lane so I won't be disqualified. So I can still finish this race. My father later on commented and asked his son. said, son, it's all right. You don't have to. But the son said I must finish. And the father says that here we go. And the father helped his son finish this race. And to this day the Olympics says that is the best. One of the most inspirational moments in Olympic history. Can you think about how God the Father saw Israel in pain and they sent Moses to bring them out of their pain into the promised land? Can you fast forward now today how God can see us in pain? But if you look back 2,000 years, he sent down his only begotten son. (laughs) 
that his only begotten son became our pain, <laughs> took on our sin, took on our punishment so that we might be in right relationship with God. And so you see again how God the Father loves us through God the Son. And so when we understand that God the Father, God the Son has done all this for us, that we might have fellowship with him with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are blessed to enter this new covenant, which was shared by Jesus Christ. But yet we have the same responsibility to be his holy nation, his kingdom of priesthood. There's people in our community that we are walking by day by day. They need this hope of love. You can show them love. You don't have to open up your Bible, but open up your life. They may never read the Bible, but they're reading you. Will you speak life to them? Will you show them what forgiveness looks like, what grace and mercy looks like? Will you show them how love can endure? Love can triumph hate. Love can triumph animosity. Love can triumph vengeance. Let kindness and grace and mercy win out. Let the love of God win and notice no matter how much beat down and how feeling, how feeling let down you might feel, notice that our Father can come on down and he can carry you to the finish line. Yes, he will see you through. Because our God's love never fails. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you that you are so consistent. You are forever faithful. That your love endures so much pain and discomfort in our lives. Thank you, God, that there's nothing that we have done that's going to stop you from loving us. Thank you, God, that your love is everlasting. And help us, oh God, that we can express this love to other people. That they know how to walk and obedience according to your will. That they can truly, truly see you how we can have healing and unity within our community by how we love one another, by showing how we love you. Father, we thank you for how great your love is expressed through us. So our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue to worship our awesome God, we pray to give God his tithes and our offering. And also there might be someone here decide that they want to join this church and this fellowship. You're welcome to join as we come to bring forth our tithes and our offering and to maybe talk to one of the deacons and up here or myself and we have to share with you how you can join this fellowship in this place. Amen. As we pray to give God his tithes and offering, let us pray as we prepare to give. Mighty God, we just thank you for how you prosper and bless us. We freely give back to you what already belongs to you. And Father, we ask you to bless those that have desire to give but yet have not. Uh, we thank you, Lord. You supply all our needs. So bless what is given for the building and edification of your church, for the building and the, for preaching of your gospel. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Ask you to follow the instructions of the ushers.
you all good. Hallelujah. Amen. Got a few announcements this week and weeks to come. I want to share again. Wednesday night Bible study has resumed at 6 p.m. Those are able to join us. We'll be happy to see you in fellowship. And also Sunday school, again, is resumed. We're back at 9 a.m. And also the new quarter Sunday school books are available. So please, uh, teachers and students, if you need your Sunday school books, please receive those today. And then also we're looking forward in the month of September 24th to worship in Metamora, a Mennonite church where we look to transport there. So we won't be here at this location, but we'll worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in Metamora with Metamora Mennonite Church under the leadership of Pastor uh, Eric Potter. Uh, have an announcement, I'm sorry, a thank you we want to acknowledge. It says to all of you for everything you've done for being the special people that you are. Uh, thank you so much. Love you and God bless you. Mary Strong and family. Praise God. Amen for that. Amen. Well, let us stand for the benediction. Amen. As we leave, as we prepare to leave from this place, but also ask um, one more now to those who are the ministry leaders to stay after the meet with Sister Gloria Dixon, uh, the follow-up meeting from our Let's Get Back Together. Amen. Amen. So meet it. If you could come, just come up to the front and meet it after this mission.